Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. To all of my new listeners, um, in case you don't know, this is a recap and reaction show. I'll be watching Power every week and recapping and reacting to the episode from how I see it through my eyes. I do have an Instagram. If you guys want to follow me, go ahead. The name is Limitless underscore E. That's Limitless underscore E. You can follow me, send me messages, let me know what you guys think of the podcast. I do see that I do have a new audience in the Swatini. So if you're in the Swatini and you're hearing this, thank you for listening to my podcast. Please continue to support it. I appreciate it. I want to thank everybody everywhere for listening. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you get notification as soon as I release any episode. Um, I don't only do recaps for power. If you go look at past episodes, I also did a recap and reaction to the third season of The Shy. That's another TV show that I like besides these fictional television shows. I've also released podcast episodes on my real life experiences. Um, you know, if you've had asshole bosses at your job and, um, you know, they were just horrible towards you for no reason, then go check out my karma episode. You'll definitely like that. Um, if you've had run-ins with police, check out my popo episode, uh, the can we all just get along episode, which obviously the answer to that, given what the fuck has been going on in the world nowadays, the answer to can we all just get along is hell fucking no, um, Check out that episode. Of course, the coronavirus is still going on. Um, I did an episode on that. You can check that out. I'm a 90s baby, so I did an episode on that. So, you know, it's a few things that you may like besides just listening to me talk about power and the shy. So go check out those episodes. I did do a Kobe Bryant versus LeBron James pod. So um, if you are stupid enough to feel like LeBron is better than Kobe, You'll definitely want to check out the Kobe Bryant versus LeBron James episode. If you have friends that are a LeBron or a Kobe fan, um, definitely, you know, let them know about that episode. I'm pretty sure they'll love to hear it. Um, I also did an episode on Black Mirror uh, with the co-host. So there's a lot that you guys can listen to and there's a lot more to come. So thank you to all my listeners. I appreciate it. Um, if you like this show and you've been a longtime listener, do me a favor, tell your friends about it and tell your friends to tell their friends about it and also subscribe to the podcast because I do release content on a weekly basis and sometimes I might just drop bonus content. So you definitely want to subscribe to this podcast and I definitely appreciate it. Now let's get into the show. What's up? What's up? Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Let's get right into it. Um, last week, I forgot to mention this, but the convo that Lorenzo Tejada and Tasha had meant absolutely nothing. Your son is fine. Make sure he does what we say. If you don't, Tariq dies. Come on, son. Like, come on. The spinoff is about Tariq. He's not dying in season one of the spinoff. It's just not happening. So in this episode, we start off with the intro to Sebastian Stern, Simon's husband. The show always hinted that Simon Stern was into an alternative lifestyle, but they never really showed it until now. This actually confirmed it. And just like Tariq, I wasn't surprised either. So Reek and Sebastian initially agreed to have all of the money made on the app through the drug selling he was doing to be paid in cash, which doesn't seem like a good idea anyway. I mean, Tariq still is a minor. What the hell is a minor doing with that type of cash? 
especially when his mother and father have a history of selling drugs and being involved in the criminal empire. Now, out of fear of the phone call Tasha had with Lorenzo Tejada, she frantically calls Rick and tells him to get a gun from one of the many spots that Tommy and Ghost hid their guns at. Now, like I said earlier, there's no way Tariq is dying anytime soon. But if Tejada did send people after Rick, what is this little 17-year-old child going to do with a gun versus the people that were sent for him? Like he's 17 years old. I'm pretty sure Lorenzo knows real killers and Tariq is not a real killer. I mean, he do got two bodies, but both of those bodies, he caught them slipping. So I hope that's just one of those assumptions in power that never comes true. Because if they send hitters after Tariq and he pulls a Dre move, the move that Dre pulled when he killed those two Italian kids, I'm going to lose my mind. At this point, the only person Tariq has to worry about, in my opinion, is Scott. And that got handled by Brayden's scary ass. Did you hear me? Scott's asking around about who is dealing on his turf. Says he's gonna beat their ass. I'm the ass, Therese. Scott doesn't even know you're the competition. <clears throat> what the fuck? Pardon me, I'm doing two things at once. Trying to record while watching this circus. Did this dumb motherfucker just say stand back and stand by? Ugh. Wow. Ugh. Disgusting. Anyways, where was I? So yeah, the plan that Brayden and Reek have to sell these drugs is pretty good. You got a bunch of rich kids on campus that take a bunch of drugs. There's a lot of money to be made. I'm not sure if it was enough to give McLean that stack of money that he gave him, but they can make a lot of money. But the amount of money that he gave Davis McLean, come on. I mean, it looked like that montage was all in one day. I know there's a lot of druggies on that campus, but you ain't making that type of money in one day. But all in all, some payment was made to McLean Hopefully that makes him want to kick it up a notch to help Tasha out. Because she in there going through it, doing push-ups and everything. As if she's really going to fight that Marshall. Now to some other storylines in the show. Professor Reynolds is a wild boy. And I must admit, I was wrong when I predicted last week that he would get fired this week for sleeping with his student. But homeboy out here trying to knock down everything. When Lauren invited him to dinner, he just knew he had another one in the bag. Unfortunately for him... Lauren really is about that school life. And she just really wanted to put in her bid for that internship in D.C. Now, I don't think I've said this before, but Professor Milgram is f gorgeous. That is a beautiful black woman. And Lauren's mother is also gorgeous. Like, they they are two really, 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 really beautiful women. Just leave it at that. So Monet and Kane meet up with Lou Guapo from GTG. And Monet is all about respect and discipline. Do not front on her. Don't lie to her. Don't try to make her look bad because she's going to find out and you're going to pay for it. She's going to make you respect her by any means. And she doesn't give a damn how you feel about her delivery. Oh, nigga, you thought you was a leader? Because I ain't seen one in GTG since your pops died. So fall a fucking line while I reunite y'all asses my goddamn self. Lou Guap must be an idiot. I know they cut him off, but if they show him again, I'm pretty sure it'll be him dying. Now, normally when you whip somebody ass that bad, you got to worry about the payback. Lil Guap had at least 10 people with him, and out of all 10 of them, only one pulled for a gun. But they know better. There should be no retaliation. I said should be, because Monet is out here moving kind of crazy. But no more GTG. Reek is the new seller now. And to get a feel for how Reek is moving, Monet sends Drew. Monet sends Drew to Stansfield campus to see how Reek gets down. But we also found out how Drew gets down. <laughs> Moving on. 
Sax wants so bad to prove that Tasha's at the head of this organization and that she's a queen pen, that he's willing to do anything and everything. Now, part of me is like, he wants to do it, but then another part of me knows that he's been forced by the Democratic Party to do so. He was also using similar tactics when he was going after Jane St. Patrick, but this time Blanca's on the other side and she's making valid arguments. So every time Rodriguez makes a valid point, he's countering. Now, Sachs pulls out dirt on Rodriguez. Now, Rodriguez has been kicked off the case. This whole thing is just dirty. They even dragged dirty, soon-to-be Governor Tate into this nonsense. You a lying-ass nigga. And I hope that I can rely on your support, too. Ciao. Now, the DNC has Tate by the balls, too. So, however this plays out will be very interesting. Davis McLean gonna have to kick it up a notch. And Tariq is going to have to kick it up a notch on campus because the homie Sebastian just upped his feet to a whole 15%. Sebastian Stern is just like his husband. Let's see if Tariq could be just like his dad and flip this thing against the Stearns. It was not smart of Tariq to pay Davis McLean in all cash, but he was quick on his feet by telling Paula that he got the money from his grandmother from the inheritance money that James left her because we all know James didn't do a damn thing for her. If I'm not mistaken, I think he paid her rent for a year and that was it. Now, since we're on the topic of this getting money, Tariq really showed flashes of brilliance. I did not know what he was doing until I saw the full picture. But having worry get back to Scott that Braden was the one selling drugs on campus and then making the two of them fight, Tariq killed two birds with one stone. He got the competition up out of here and he found out that his boy Braden might not be a kitten after all. I mean, Braden whooped Scott's ass. He also didn't want to get his ass kicked in front of Riley whom we conveniently happen to meet at the exact time that Sax needs her to do some dirty work for him. I don't know why Sax keeps doing this, but it seems as though he'll never learn his lesson. Now he has his niece spying on Tariq. She didn't get any information out of Tariq, but she did get some information from Brayden, and that can be dangerous. Of course, Brayden is attracted to her, so we all know what happens when a man is attracted to a woman. He's going to volunteer a lot of unnecessary information. And that brings me into predictions. Riley won't get a damn thing out of Tariq, but she definitely will get some helpful information from Brayden and take that back to Sax. I'm not sure what, but something bad is in store for Drew. Monet didn't have that conversation with him while he was in the shower for nothing. That's going to come back at some point. Drew is in a different lifestyle. Nothing wrong with that. But he's got to be careful. He is with the Tejada family. They are a huge target. They just cut off GTG. GTG might catch up with Drew and do something bad to him. Speaking of Monet, she's not handling business well for the Tejada family. She's not letting Diana do what she wants. Diana wants to play basketball. She's not letting her do that. Kane wants to take on more responsibilities. Of course, he's the muscle, but that's not all he wants to be. He wants to have more respect. She's not giving that to him. We already know how she feels about Drew. She thinks he's too soft. She thinks he can't get things done. Monet is not giving anybody in the family the respect they deserve, and that's only going to make them grow resentment towards her. That empire may soon crumble. Because if we want to compare this to the previous seasons of Power, anytime Jane St. Patrick had a plug, what did he do to that plug? Exactly. So hopefully Monet gets things in order because this is similar to what happened with Milan. It crumbled from within and then Ghost got him up out of there. So Monet, I'm going to need you to get your whole situation, your whole family, the whole Tahada thing together because with your husband in jail, 
and you not running things as smoothly or as as well as they should be ran, it's not looking good. <clears throat> What the? How the? Now, this ain't no way didn't actually happen in this show, but it's being built up as if it is going to happen, and that is Tariq getting into a shootout. Tasha told Tariq to go get a gun. She was really frantic. She was really adamant that he go get it. That didn't happen for nothing. The first time Tariq got faced with some action was when him and his homeboy, I think his name was Brains, and then the other dude was doing home invasions. We remember what Tariq did. He hasn't really grown that much since then. Yeah, he shot Ray Ray, but he caught Ray Ray slipping. Obviously, we know he shot James. He caught James slipping. Ain't no way Tariq is taking out anybody that Tahada sent his way. That's not happening. Tariq is a child. Lorenzo Tahada is not sending no children to go kill Tariq. He's sending grown men. Now, in, if this was real life and that man from prison sent hitters to go get Tariq, Tariq got to be out of here. But if you don't know, the Ain't No Way segment means things happen in power that won't actually happen in real life. Because if they do happen in real life or if it do go down the way it's supposed to go in real life, we wouldn't have a show. But all I want to say is ain't no way Tariq taking out any, any hitters that get sent for him is not happening. So hopefully it don't happen. Now that's it for this show. It was a quick one. Um, thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow me on Instagram at Limitless underscore E. And as always, spread love. Peace out.